Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 36. I feel like I probably say it every week, but every new number that I say, I just kind of think like, holy cow, how have there been 36 episodes? Um, I've actually, I'm not sure how many interviews I've actually done, but I, I want to say it's getting pretty close to like 50 which is crazy. I've started to kind of think about whether I will do something special for like the one year mark. I'm not sure if I will. I might just wait until two years when we're at like a hundred episodes. But, you know, if you have ideas, like hit me up. And while, while, while I'm saying that, if you guys are listening and enjoying the Artifice podcast and you are not already like subscribed for my emails, I'd love for you to do it. I'm really pretty careful about uh, what kinds of emails I send, um, but I, you know, I've I've been thinking a lot lately about um, kind of some new projects that I could do that can maybe involve like a a wider group of people, more more creatives, and also um, you know people who are not professional creatives but like creativity and want to be doing more of it. Um, also, I sometimes have good deals on my merch. Listen, it's not about that, but it is a thing. So if you like some of the Artifice merch, um, you know, I, I give deals to my mailing list sometimes that I'm not posting anywhere else. And it's the first place that I share new, new music and kind of, you know, I, I, I haven't talked that much, you know, in the intros of these podcasts about like what I'm doing outside of the podcast, but you guys, I'm doing a lot of stuff. And if you like the podcast, you'll probably also like the other stuff I'm doing. So if you haven't yet, and you, you'd like to get some kind of, you know, bright and shiny emails in your inbox occasionally, um, very non-spammy, just nice, happy emails from me to you, um, subscribe at my website, which is emvocals.com. Um, there's a cute little pop-up, you know, all kinds of fun things. Uh, yeah, that's the thing that I'm saying in this intro. Also, you guys, today's episode is with Mindy Pack. Now, if you haven't heard of Mindy Pack, I get it. But Mindy Pack is freaking insane, amazing, such an incredible hero of mine. Um, her bio is like way too long for me to read. Um, on this podcast, but it is full of amazing stuff. So as you're listening, click on the show notes and read the whole thing. She has done just so many amazing things and is doing so many amazing things. And I loved talking with her. Um, I'm going to read you. I've, I've been looking at her bio and trying to think of which parts I want to read. And I think I'm going to read like two paragraphs and you're going to be like, Emily, did you just read the whole thing? And I'm going to be like, no, I only read two paragraphs out of many. Um, but here goes. Mindy is part of some incredible voice teams and music industry professionals throughout the world. Some of these teams consist of laryngologists, ENTs, artistic artist development managers, record labels, vocal arrangers, producers, music directors, and many others. Mindy holds a certificate in clinical vocology from the National Center for Voice and Speech. Mindy holds a certificate in laryngeal manipulation, so like larynx massage, and is currently in school to become a fully licensed massage therapist and body integration specialist. Mindy is also the creator of one of the top educational apps called Voice Tutor. Okay, that's paragraph one. Here's paragraph two. I mean, again, there are many. 
Um, this is the second paragraph that I'm reading. Mindy has a full studio in Salt Lake City and a satellite studio in Los Angeles, California. She also has clients all around the world via online sessions. Her studio has a roster of clients from the novice to the professional, all genres and styles, actors and voiceover artists, the injured or rehab voice, transgender, motivational speakers and any other voice users seeking out her help. Clients are in all genres and styles of music. Clients such as Brandy Carlisle, Justin Timberlake, The Lumineers, Emily Sailors of the Indigo Girls, Halsey, Austin Malone, Shade, Common, Royal Bliss, Tesseract, Martina McBride, and Pharrell Williams have seen the value of combining Mindy's technique and vocal tract reconditioning for the longevity of touring. Other clients have been seen on world tours, national Broadway tours, AMAs, Grammys, Saturday Night Live, international award shows, YouTube sensations, college scholarship winners, reality TV show, cruise lines, and local and national performances. You guys, to name a few. Um, did you happen to hear Justin Timberlake on there? I mean, all of those names are pretty cool names, but there is a special place in my heart for Justin Timberlake and Mindy knows him and is his voice coach. It's so cool. Um, but you guys, that's not even the coolest thing Mindy's doing, I would say. It's so many cool things. Please, please listen uh, to this episode with the amazing and brilliant Mindy Pack. Here she comes. Sometimes art feels like magic, pure, visionary, and sometimes it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure, but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections, but we also have to network. Yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky, and it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Today's episode of Artifice is brought to you by Light and Airy Presets. Light and Airy is created by photographer and best friend team Caroline and Anna Marie, who are passionate about helping business owners feel confident about the photos we share. I've sat here in the studio with so many guests who express anxiety about social media, and I've certainly felt the same way. It's a horrible feeling to feel torn between making art that really matters to you and building skills to navigate several social media platforms. I've been using the Light and Airy mobile presets for several months now, and it's really eased my anxiety about posting regular photos. All you have to do is download the free version of the Lightroom mobile app, download the Light and Airy presets, and come away with beautifully edited photos with just one click. If Instagram scares you like it scares me, head to lightandairyphotog.com and use promo code ARTIFICE10, that's all caps A-R-T-I-F-I-C-E-1-0, for 10% off your mobile presets today. Yeah, but yeah you're dealing with human flesh so that's what i always say like you wouldn't want someone who like doesn't have experience like being your chiropractor <laughs> like you wouldn't want someone like messing with your spine who like has sort of just like i don't know i used to whatever i don't know popped it's fine yeah <laughs> anyway i totally agree with you though it's like it's your vocal cords like they matter so yes i, I always say that and i'm always like it is always interesting to me how many people teach singing and their voices are not great. Yeah. And I'm like, why would you take 
drum lessons from somebody who couldn't keep rhythm. Yeah. Like, why are you taking lessons from somebody who can't sing? I don't get it. Yeah. But I also don't understand. Do you, I think maybe bring that closer. This? Yeah. Or I shall kiss it. Great. Or like if you want it in front of you, like I put mine like under the chair. I don't know if that's easier. Yeah, we're good. Is that okay. good? Yeah. Check. Yeah. I think that's great. Okay, <laughs> okay. great. Um, do you, should we get started? Yeah, if you want, whatever. Okay, great. I'm just here. I was like, awesome. It's in Lehigh. My husband works at Adobe. I'm like, honey, oh, we're going to have a lunch date today. Oh my gosh, So I I'm in it. town. I'm like, it's going to be good. So I love that. I'm here for whatever. That's awesome. My husband works just like right here too. And you'd think we'd have lunch dates all the time, but we do not because we're both so busy. Yeah, that's so how I'm I am. Sure I'm you like, guys are the same way. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll see you not in bed tonight. We're just going to go meet right now. I got, I got an hour. Let's do this. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Um, okay. So for this podcast, I spe- I mostly want to know about like, I want to know about what's going on in the background of what you do. And then of course you can talk about like what's in the front of what you do also. So I like to start with people at the beginning and talk about what you were like as a creative child. Like what was kind of the first stuff you started getting into creatively as a kid? Um. Okay. So... I'm kind of like a freak in my family. I mean, I come from a very artistic family. My mom's a painter. Um, I can't draw with crap. But um, it's like we were always involved in sort of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but nobody in my family is musical. Mm-hmm. And when I was probably six or seven, I just started singing around the house. And yeah. my mom's like, oh, you can carry a tune. Let's do this. And and so she found these like little neighborhood choir yeah. Things, chalk circle. I was in one of those too. <laughs> Were yeah. you? The Sunshine Singers. I remember the sun- <laughs> Was that here in Utah? No, it no, was in Arizona. Like, we had, I'm sure yeah, I'm like, we had, there like- was a Sunshine Choir here. Mine was Chalk Circle. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and we had little yellow bow ties and blue vests. Anyway, I was just kind of in these little choir groups, yeah. you know, that just kind of performed around and, and did stuff. And then I was always like playing make-believe. I remember doing like lip sync contests like with kids around our neighborhoods and stuff so I was constantly like creating you know different avenues of like performance and yeah and stuff like that so it was just I don't know I think I was kind of born with it yeah wasn't something that you know I was forced into like I just begged to do it yeah and so yeah I mean from there I then auditioned for some different performing arts studios where it was like the whole singing dancing very regimented yeah you know training going through it and you were like a like how old? Probably, I think I was around 10. Okay. It's like one yeah. of my favorite stories, like as a voice person, because yeah. it's like my parents really did not have a clue on this like world at all. Yeah. And my audition song was, um, I'll never, it's like one of those things that's like lasted with me because I'm like, yeah. what the heck were we thinking? But it was uh, by uh, Poison, the band Poison. Oh, and yeah. I li- I, as a 10 year old, I went in, I was like, you pull into the back seat where you find a place to park. We hop into the back seat where it's always nice and dark. <laughs> no. I'm just about to move thinking, ooh, this chick is cool. There's a light in my eye and a guy says, out of the car, long hair. I'm like, what? Mom, were you smoking crack? Yeah. What? Like, that is not appropriate for a 10 year old to sing like at an audition. Singing. Yeah. <laughs> but a, so the lyrics, the song, the 10 year old for a performing arts, like school. Like, are you? But yeah. did they just think you were spunky and let you in I, right yeah, away? Yeah, I got in. So it worked. <laughs> but it's like, I just, we make fun of it. 
Yeah. I, I'm just like, what were you thinking? Anyway, so yeah, so I did that for a long time. Um, you know, I did a bunch of like musicals around the, the valley on top of it. You're from here. Mm-hmm. From I grew Utah. up here. In, yeah, okay, I grew cool. up in Sandy. Cool. Went to Brighton High School, you know, so like I've never really, you know. Haven't gotten too far out. Yeah, I mean, I've tried. I'll be honest, I've tried. Yeah. In the last like five years, you know, I've tried to move to Nashville. I have a satellite studio in LA yeah. where I work out of. But I just couldn't... Um, you know, my husband has an amazing job here and because I tour and travel so much, I needed to have the family support to like help me with my kids. Totally. It takes a village and, and, you know, my family has been that way. And so, and I don't want to raise my kids in LA. Yeah. You know, like I like what's, what's here. So we've tried to figure out where this, this balance is, but yeah, yeah, I have been here. It's tricky. I, I, my husband and I have similar conversations about like location, you know, cause for, for an artist, it can be really important, but luck, I feel like, you know, we're lucky in a lot of ways that our, our, our world is so global now. Like we can mm-hmm. kind of do a lot, um, no matter where we're kind of have, you know, lay our head as they yeah, say. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's interesting. Cause like out on the, like when I'm on the road and I'm like meeting new people and like people in bands and stuff like that, I, I'm my, one of my questions is, is where are you based? Because yeah. everybody assumes that you're based in LA or New York if you're trying to make it yeah. in here, or even or, that the band lives in the same city. Right. And a lot of times that's not the case. It's just totally. they come together, they rehearse, then they go out on tour, and then they disperse again. Yeah. And so um, I think with the way, you know, the internet, from a teaching span- standpoint, the way the internet is and, you know, online lessons and all of that, that's totally changed. Yeah. You know, where you can be. And so you can really find a place that works. Yeah. You know, for your family and, you know, keeps you motivated and growing and, you know, try and figure that out. Yeah. I'd love to talk about your kind of beliefs nowadays about like where creativity and like talent comes from. Um, you know, you said as a child, you, you felt born with it. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you, what do you think about that stuff? I think that there's, I mean, I, first of all, I think anybody can learn to do something that they're passionate about. Yeah. I think hard work and diligence and practice can really make it. I think there's just sometimes people have an easier road yeah. to get down if they're born with a natural gift. Um, that's, I mean, that's a good question. I think about it a lot and I talk about it with all of my guests and, you know, the more people that I talk to, the less of like an idea I have, but I do kind of think, I, I sort of think there must be like some personality traits that kind of tend to, to, you know, allow young people to feel like more exploratory or more curious or more bold. Um, and then I think like combining that with like just what environment people are in, like what their parents are supportive totally. of, what they're exposed to. But, you know, I, I, so like one of the reasons that I like that I do this podcast is I feel like the arts can be like so kind of mysterious to people. Mm-hmm. And we who are in the arts all know that like we're just people. Um, and I think, I think it's easy for people to be like, oh, well, you're just talented, you know, and kind of disregard like all of the work that goes into stuff. So that's one reason why I do sort of feel like, uh, you know, I get a little like weirded out about like this talent question. Um, Cause certainly like, there is something totally, but it's, it's only like a very small something. Yeah. I think a passion and hard work, you know, anything that you work hard or have that goal to try and reach, if you have the pat, the passion and the 
dedication to devote to it, I think you can achieve it. Yeah. I'm a strong believer in like, I never say nothing is not possible. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, one, a prime example of creativity and artistry would be a client that I worked with, um, beautiful oil painter, like even as like a fourth, like in elementary school, beautiful oil painter. And she really wanted to sing. And I knew the parents pretty well. So they came in for a session and it was probably the worst voice I've ever heard well, in yeah. my life. It was, I'm just like, keep her with her art. Let her like, paint. Yeah. Let her paint. She's so amazing. And they're like, no, she wants to do it. And I'm like, I feel bad taking your money. Yeah. Like, no. And she's like, no, she's very diligent. She'll do it. So we kind of set up this like this plan and, you know, after, well, I don't know, two years of really working, she got a lead in her school play yeah. and we kind of went down this path. And by the time she graduated high school, she had like $500,000 worth of scholarship options oh for anywhere in the U.S. And she was the hardest yeah. working person and she just like went through it. And so, you know, and it was such a life lesson for me as far as that you know, yeah. don't stop the creativity or the passion because my opinion was don't do it. Like you're wasting yeah. your money. Um, keep her with something that she's amazing at. She still paints and she's beautiful and she's amazing at it. But her whole entire world was shaped because she had clearly had a passion. She had a desire to do it yeah. and a work ethic that was amazing. And because she worked really hard, it just opened up so many totally. doors to that. And so for me, it was a life lesson of don't ever stifle somebody that has that passion. Yeah. You know, and I never thought I would ever be that type of person that would. Yeah. But it was just kind of this aha moment yeah. type thing. But it was also really amazing that the parents, you know, from that standpoint was like, we'll do whatever we need to do because she's showing this desire and it's something that she wants. So I think that family environment plus her. Yeah you know, was an amazing I love, combination. I love that. I've, I've also had students that like when they come to me, they're like, you know, they can't match pitch and their range is like a fifth, you know, <laughs> and now like really, you know, I don't, they, the students that I have that are like this are those kind of multi-talented people. And like this thought that I'm having is like when you're seeing her like oil paintings, you know, at the time that you're meeting her, like maybe you don't know that she's really bad at that, you know, like, I mean, I'm not saying she was, but like, yeah, I think sometimes those kinds of people, they know that they can do what they put their mind to. Um, but yeah, I've, I've seen that as well. It's, and then like, you probably, I mean, I definitely sometimes have students who like have that kind of like raw talent, but like they don't care no, and they never improve. Yeah, it's very frustrating. Yeah. And I, yes. I always say, like, I can't want this more than you. Yeah. Like you I say that too. Like, yeah. Like you have to be you have to be the person that cares the most about your thing. Like I can be the next person, but like I cannot I cannot care about this more than you. Yeah. I'm, I've had to say that with even professional clients. Wow. Like I can't want you to want this more. Yeah. Like, I, I can't want this more than you. Yeah. So we've got to figure out what that yeah. Happy medium is like when you, when you put forth that effort, I will meet you with that effort, Yeah, but I can't put more than what you're willing to give at the same time. Yes. So, and it is, it is frustrating. I sometimes see young people and think like, if I had had like what you have at this age, like there's no telling where I would be <laughs> now. <laughs> I was just, I was just talking to a friend of mine on my way here. And so my son, he is an amazing singer. Like he's, he's getting ready to go through a voice change. Beautiful. Like he's like the, um, 
Billy Gilman, the old school Billy Gilman, the one voice, one simple word, just wow, that clear, yeah. angelic, like, pitch. When we were two, we were harmonizing together. I oh, mean, I like, it. truly, he's like, this is a gift. He will, he will not practice. Yeah. He will not. So yesterday he has a choir performance for school and he's like, you're coming, right? I was like, of course I'm coming. What, like, yeah. why wouldn't I come? And he goes, oh, okay, I have a solo. And I'm like, wait, what? And he goes, I have a solo. I'm like, why? I'm like, you realize people pay me money to help them, right? Yeah. And he's like, well, if I need help, I'll ask you, but I already sound good. So don't worry about it. And I'm yeah. like, but if you just let me help you. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, yeah he's, he's just one of those. And yeah. part of me is I'm like, I don't want to push it because I don't want you to hate it. Yeah. Where it's like, you feel like he feels like there's a competition or something. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just like, I can't. Take advantage I, of your resources. Yeah. And he yeah. like, and I, he should, and, and he will, like when he's ready, I'm sure he will. Yeah. But he's just like, meh, I'm yeah. good. <laughs> he's comfy, right? Well, I mean, I guess that's good. He's like kind of, he's confident. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. But yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, the ta- the talent question like it perennially like plagues me. Like it comes around like you know probably like once or twice a year I get really like you know puzzled about it. So I always like to ask my guests. Um, okay, so let's go back. So you're you're you got into this performing arts mm-hmm. school, um, and then how did you kind of start to take like something that was a passion and sort of like really turn it into like a skill? So. Um it's kind of an interesting story. I think it is at least because, you know, I was always a singer that never really had issues in their voice. Mm. You know, like I could always just go out and sing. I always got the big belty stuff, like flying through, never really thought I was like the one that was like, Oh, everybody can sing yeah. growing up. Like I didn't realize that it was you didn't have effort. issues. Yeah. Like I yeah. didn't realize there was like an effort for a lot of people. And when I was like 19, yeah, I I was touring with a couple like um like party band type group things. We were like touring all over doing stuff. And I got asked to work uh for a different performing arts school. So I was like, sure, I'll come in and do that. Like I need money after school and I yeah. can still go out and do shows or whatever and just and work. So I started doing that and I just thought, oh, I'll just train everybody the way I was trained. Yeah. And I realized, you know, after a few years, like, oh, not everybody's voice is like mine. <laughs> so yeah. like, what is it? Because, you know, I was, I was of the mentality of that. Oh, I can sing so I can teach. Yeah. And which is uh, which not at all. Yeah. yeah. Now I know that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, um, I started researching like different methodologies because, you know, especially here in Utah, there's not a lot of contemporary programs yeah. in university. And I was not a classical singer. Um, but for me, I was like, oh, well, I don't want to pay for college, so I'm going to go audition for this classical program. Yeah. Um, I called a friend of mine and said, could you teach me to <laughs> like offer pieces for these auditions? And she made fun of me. And I was like, no, I'm just going to go do it. I'm going to make fun of it, and I'm just going to go and do it. So I did. Yeah. I literally made fun of classical music, went in saying I got a full ride scholarship. Awesome. So I, that started me on this like path of like, okay, why do vowels work the way they work and kind yeah. of some mechanics, but the way classica, classical and opera is trained is very different from contemporary singers. And so I started researching outside of school, different methodologies. Um, and that, and at that time I had found Seth Riggs speech level yeah. singing 
And I was like, this is awesome because it was all about application. I didn't care about the anatomy or anything like that. It was just how fast can I hear something and how vowels change. Yeah. So I went into that, started um, certification in that and testing and kind of doing everything. But then I'm always, I'm like a free thinker. I'm like the rule breaker. I like thinking outside mm-hmm. of that box. I'm not one that follows that steady path. Yeah. I'm, I've always take the jagged journey Yeah. and realized that it wasn't the end all be it all. So um, I started researching like how to scream correctly and how do you teach screaming and yeah. how do you, you know, like all these other different areas, which led me down to um, c- kind of hearing about like voice science. What's voice science? I don't know. Yeah. Well, at that time, um, you know, I thought, oh, I'm a great teacher. Like, this is great and, and all of that. I had my second son and um, I mean, it's another, it's a whole other podcast thing, but I had an attempt of kidnapping on my son when he was four oh months gosh. old. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. And um, after that incident, I obviously couldn't sleep. I didn't feel safe. Yeah. Like, I like went through this whole how, how old were you when this uh, was happening? Let's see, so he, I had him when I was 30, I was 32. Okay. Okay, so, and I had been teaching for, you know, seven years, eight years, something like that, like really steadily as a private coach. But because of that incident, I got, and I got a wicked case of bronchitis. I got really sick. Yeah. I did not sleep at all for probably like four or five months. Yeah. And I got a vocal injury. And yeah. I'd never been injured ever in my life. Like nothing had ever happened. And it was traumatizing for me. Yeah. Because I felt like I lost not so only like, like my sense. Yeah. Like yeah. it literally was who am I? And which sounds so stupid to people if they're not an artist. Yeah. They do not understand it because they're like, well, you're a mom and you have this. And I'm like, no, but this is like my soul. I don't understand. Yeah. And then I felt like the biggest hypocrite because I'm a coach. How could I get injured? Yeah. And so kind of working through that. It was like the best blessing that ever happened to me because then it put me on this path of really understanding the anatomy and voice injury and the psychology of coming off of it. So I did a bunch of studying um, and training. I started shadowing with a bunch of different ENT clinics around the United States um, because I was like, I don't want I don't want any person that I work with who ever got injured to ever feel like they're alone or somebody couldn't understand because in the singing world and and I don't know what it's like outside of it, but you get an injury and it's like the worst thing in the world. And it's like, you know what they say in, um, pitch perfect. I got notes, you know, yeah. or whatever. It's really like, sh- it's shaming. It's, shaming. it's yeah. very shaming. And for me, it was like, I felt all this guilt, but I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong. What, I mean, I went through a traumatic event right. and you know, so we never know like what happened, what happened or how it is. So yes. it's, it really shaped me and as a coach to then really understand the science and the anatomy and how to help it back, but then emotionally and psychology, yeah. how to be there. And so it's like, I'll never, ever let anybody feel like they're shamed or they're alone. Yeah. I'll be there to help pick up those pieces and build it back. Yeah. And so awesome. that's kind of where... It's so important. Yeah. So it's kind of like, instead of just be like, oh, I'm this, it's now morphed into such a specialty yeah. area of where, as, as a... I guess another tool in my toolbox that I offer yeah. in like the coaching, you know, so it's very different. I did. I, I'm really interested in that kind of stuff too. Um, my master's research was on like paralinguistics, like, you know, just what's outside of like our verbal. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I've, I've found, you know, as a teacher and just as a human, like those psychological things, they get in your, 
literal voice Mm -hmm. in such like intensely enmeshed kinds of ways. And as a teacher to be, um, you know, generous and curious with people about like, what is going on? Like, why is this happening in your voice? I mean, I just wish that we had more and more of that, like, and not just in singing, but like, I don't know, like really being curious about people and kind of like what is going on with like their stuff that's, that's getting them to the place that they're in. I mean, we as voice teachers are carving out like a piece of it, mm-hmm. but like, gosh, we could use more of that kind of thinking. Well, and it's, it's interesting because my team now consists of like three mental health experts Yeah, in there, you know, and I tell, you know, we have the room of trust, you yeah. know, where it's here. And I'm sure you have that same thing where we're in a coaching mentoring position. And so we get told a lot of things where, cause they feel safe yeah. and there's a lot of things that we're not equipped to handle with. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really, for me, I feel like it's really important to have somebody that I can then refer to. Yeah. To like help in that and that we have to have a team because it's so interconnected. It's so connected. Mm-hmm. I'm so, you know, when I was a young singer, I had I I wasn't one of those like easy voices. Mm-hmm. Like I had like a a break that was like, you know, it it was like a the Grand Canyon of breaks. <laughs> um and uh, you know, I had a lot of vocal issues and I look back and, you know, you can you can you can only see so much in retrospect but like you know i was raised in like such an abusive home and my literal voice was like my literal and figurative voices were both like so um undervalued and and uh and questioned in my home that like i just i think a lot about like where my like you know uh technique issues like really probably fully came from like feeling like my voice was like jeopardized. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, to think of how many te- voice teachers I had who said things like, you just can't sing this, like you're just an alto, you know, or whatever. I hate that. I hate it so much. Um, and now like my range is like, you know, I mean, and, and realizing in like my actual master's degree, like, Oh, I have all this range. Why wasn't there someone in my youth who like wondered about it? It like devastates me sometimes. Yeah, It's actually a question that I, we talk about a lot in our teaching training seminars that I go to. And I honestly think it's the stereotype that you get put on where you get labeled in choir. Like I'm just an alto or I'm here. Mm -hmm. And it really, it really bugs me too. And I always tell you know, like my clients that I'm working with, I'm like, it's, it's always, well, I, I love it when somebody comes there, like I'm a baritone, but they're talking like this. Yes. And I'm like, you're not a baritone. You're totally not. You are. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, what kind of tenor? Am I this tenor, this tenor, yeah. this tenor? And I'm like, stop thinking about you're it. You're a purple tenor. Like, why do we need to like, don't put yeah. yourself in you. If you put yourself in a box, you are limiting your entire yeah. like capability. Like, yeah. Don't limit yourself. Like, yeah. let's do it. Like, maybe in this song you're a baritone because we're going to add more textures. Maybe in here you're going to be that high dramatic tenor. Like, totally. I don't know. So I think a lot of it comes from, in the music world, in my personal opinion, is from the old school way of training. Because yeah. 
you know, where we were all brought up, our generation and earlier, a lot of our training is coming from that classical world. Yeah. The bel canto, everything else, where everything was put into those boxes yeah. and those labels. And I think now with what science has done and new discovery yeah. and like the contemporary side and like the extremes that people are having to do, yeah. I don't think we're getting... I hope we're not as get, getting as much labeling yeah. as what you and I went through in our training. Well, I also think it's so ironic. Like I always try to remind people, you know, this bel canto thing is really very new. Like in the in like global, you know, like world history, it's this tiny little blip. Like how dare we say like it's natural? Like if you look at like singing from like other parts of the world, like it's a lot closer to like what we're doing in like what we're calling contemporary voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, than like, you know, any opera singing. And not that like there's anything wrong with opera singing, but to act like that's like the thing that's natural is just, it's true. It's truly ignorant. It's, it's it, ignorant of like thousands and thousands of years. <laughs> we I go to seminars all the time. My favorite thing is, is that like people who cross train or do stuff or everything else and they're talking about it. Like they're the masters of it. And I will, li- I'm like the worst person to have in there. Like I said, I live that jagged yeah. edge and I'll always be the first person that raises his hand. And is like, can you demonstrate for that? For yeah. Me? I need to hear it. Yeah. And they n- usually never can. Yeah. And so it's wow. just like kind of into this thing. And I'm like, so how are you teaching that if you yourself can't do it? I don't understand. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, it's interesting. I also sometimes think like, you know, and I, and I, I like to get into this stuff with, all of my guests and certainly with my students, but like, you know, I think some of it happens because people have like a, you know, there's like a scarcity mentality. People get like, they have like a, like humility issues where it's like, if I can't do something, it's not important. Like mm-hmm. no one needs to be able to do it. Where like, I, I'm such a firm believer. Like if there's something I can't do, like, I'll just tell my students, like, you know, I don't really know about that. Like I can either like help you find a teacher who like knows about that, or we can like, you know, do some research together and like, you know, think of some kind of like safe ways to sort of like test some theories. Um, but like, I wish that more, more people, like not just teachers, but just like people in authority positions would be willing to just be like, I don't know, like, let's see if we can figure it out. Um, but I, I think like we, we kind of, we lack that, like as a culture, like we're, we're not great at like being curious about stuff and just saying like, I don't know, this isn't my expertise. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a pride issue too. Yeah. Definitely like a pride humility thing. And you know, one of my soapboxes, you know, that I tell people is I'm the same way. I I don't know what that is. Like I know, could I teach some like art songs and do stuff? Yes. If you need a language or you're like going in for full opera, I am not your yeah, coach. You need to find someone yeah, who like, like speaks this person German. Is for, yeah, yeah. Like go into the wind. <laughs> yeah. <We're good. laughs> but I won't stop learning. Yeah. So like if there's something that intrigues me and like does something, you know, like I'm going to keep moving forward and develop because things you know, move forward. You have to stay up current. You have to like move. And especially in our industry, the music's constantly changing. So you have to constantly stay up and actually think forward of what's already on. So like what's on the radio right now, training wise, you actually have to be prepared for like what's coming out in two years and how to like meet that. So you're constantly staying up with that. So I always say the minute I stop learning is the minute I stop teaching. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. If you, if you're not having that curiosity, if you're not always exploring, how can you be like expecting your students to be like on the edge of their comfort zone all the time? And 
Yeah, Absolutely. And, and these things, they're always changing. Yeah, well, I and as a parent, like, I want my kids to continue to see that I'm still striving for for greatness. Like, I'm yeah. still, like, I'm still working towards something, and you never stop. Like, you constantly are needing not not in a job aspect, but just as a human, you constantly need to keep moving mm-hmm. yourself forward and experiencing new things and yeah. that because it's going to shape you, yes. you know, as a human into your development with who your dealings with are, you know, down the road. Yeah. So this question of kind of like, you know, evolving your identity is something that I, I like to get into with with all of my guests. Um, but if it's okay, can we go back and talk about like what was going on with like your Mindy identity when you were like kind of right on that edge, like between like, you know, high school and like becoming an adult or a professional or going to college. Um, I think, I think we lose a lot of, of, of artists like right on that edge. So when I talk with people who've like, you know, maintained create like a creative identity into adulthood, I love to kind of know like what, what was going on with like how you identified as, as an artist when you're like 17, 18? Um, that's a good question. I'd ha- um, I need to think on that for a second. Or like, you know, it was never like, for me, it was never an option to not do something like, yeah. I just, I knew this is what I was doing. You know, like I knew in my soul, this is who I was supposed to be. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I was brought here somehow to do what I'm doing currently. Like there's never been a doubt in that. So I never, ever varied from that, from that path. And I just, if I was going down a road where it's like, okay, that's going to pull me from here. Then I got rid of that and came right back onto that same road again. So yeah, you felt like kind of unabashedly, like I am a creative, I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there were factors that like, um, were crucial and kind of like permitting you to have that confidence? Or do you kind of feel like it would have persisted like no matter what? you know, naysayers. Yeah. I mean, my personality is such where if somebody were like, you can't do that, I'll be like, like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, you said no? Okay, I'll show you that. I will do it. I have an authority issue too. I was just telling someone the other night, I did ballet when I was a kid and uh, I was really not great at it. And I, yeah, I had this, I mean, I have great rhythm. That's the one thing that my teacher was always like, she has good rhythm, but like the coordination, mm." She cannot touch her toes. Yeah. I w- and there are like, pic- there are like photos of like me, like at the bar next to like other little girls and like, they're all like doing it a certain way. And I'm all like, not like <laughs> them, but <laughs> yeah, the hips are all weird. But like when I was maybe like 11, it was like right around the time that people were starting to do like point, like starting to get into point. And my teacher who I'd, I'd been in the same studio, like since I was like five and the, the teacher was like, you're not like at the level with the other girls. And so like you either need to quit or like, I'm going to put you down with like the younger girls that you haven't been with. You know, I've been in the same class with these same girls for like half a decade. And I just was like, Oh yeah, Miss Denise. Okay. And I practiced like a ton, a ton, a ton. And I got the like, you know, most improved in the studio, like award, the next year. And then I quit. Cause I was like, I was thinking about quitting anyway. Like, I didn't want to do it. But like, so you're like the, I'm going out on my terms. Yeah. The fact that she said like, <laughs> you know, you, you, you have to quit. I was like, is that right? But, um, but I also think like for me, like I had a lot of trepidation about being an artist cause I was dealing with all of that stuff with my parents. Um, 
you know, so I definitely like went into college with like a mixture of like, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And like a real, um, fear that like yeah. I was wrong. So I, I, I'm, I mean, is there anything else you want to share about like, well, I can, I mean, for me, I always knew this is what I was going to do. And I think my parents always knew. So they yeah. always encouraged and, and went through it. Yeah. I had, I mean, I had the most amazing supportive you know, parents of all time and, and still to this day, you know, like still continue to support. When I talk to people about this, you know, in fact, I just had a conversation with an artist that I'm working with and he's getting ready to launch and he's terrified to go out on tour. Yeah. He feels like this is what he was meant to do. And he's a rapper and the lyrics and everything, his message is what needs to be heard. Like he's definitely in there, but he is so terrified of, not the, I don't know if it's the failure of like, what if it doesn't work or the success of what if it does work and what are the ramifications that will come back on, on the family. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so we had just had a very lengthy conversation about it and I'm just like, you'll never know. Like if you don't take the risk and go through it, you're always going to wonder what if, and do you want to live with that? What if, and if you do get that success, then you're going to want the people that have supported you all along to be the ones that are around you and were with you in that growth versus people that come because you are successful. Right. And right now you have that. And so you want to really make sure, you know, kind of weigh those pros and cons going out. But I think living with the regret of, I wish I would have, could have, should have. I think that manifests itself in the late forties. Yeah. (laughs) You know, when you have that, you know, that passion, that drive. So I think that's really good advice. Well, and, and I think like this, this the identity stuff, like, you know, I think it, it matters so much, like, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on inside and like how you see yourself and how you see other people like reflecting you. It affects, I think it affects everything you do, even Absolutely. if you kind of are like, I don't care about authority, like it's still in there. Well, and we don't want to fear Like art is so personal. Yeah. Art is so personal that, and everybody feels like they have an opinion to your art. And so yeah. I think it's very scary for people to put stuff out there where they might have that fear of rejection or what if people don't like it? Mm-hmm. And, but what if somebody does? Yeah. I was just going to say that, that thing you, you hinted at, I think is something we don't talk about enough, which is like this fear of like, what if I, what if I do like, what if I am, um, you know, and that's also like, it's just a hor- it's a terrifying thought. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what else, what other kind of advice do you give people or like, how do you like personally deal with that? You know, I, I mean, I have a, I say, you know, quote, I have it written out in front of me. Um, I don't let fear rule my decisions. Yeah. Like I, I just won't, like if I'm scared of something, I want to try and conquer it. Um, if my kids are scared, scared of something, you know, we have to overcome that fear. Yeah. So whether it's stage fright, if it's the anxiety, if it's the fear of success or the fear of what if people hate that? And I always just say, but do you love it? Yeah. Do you love it? If you love it, then that's all that matters, yeah. you know, and you will touch somebody. And there are going to be those people that come back and cut things down and, mm-hmm. and there rip always it apart. will be. Yeah. I mean, I it's mean, it's going to happen no matter here, what. Here's one, here's one for you too. Like, so I'm getting ready to release a Christmas album with students in my studio. And I'm doing a song and I haven't put something out in a really long time. And as a coach, you probably understand this where you have the artistry side where you're like, I really like how that sounds, Mm -hmm. 
but that's not technically right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm on this like teeter totter yeah. of what do I like? Do I fix it because of all the people because they know I'm a coach? Are they right. going to rip that apart? They're looking at this context, or do I put it out because that's what I feel as an artist? And so I've sent it out to like a few people to like, hey, I want your honest, who I trust. I want your honest opinion. Do you like this? And three of them have come back and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And then one person wrote back and they're like, yeah, there's, I don't like your nasality te- yeah. on these things. And oh you're doing on this and this and this and this. And I'm just like, okay, that's awesome. That's your opinion. I totally love you. And I respect that they gave me that dis- that yeah. decision. And for a minute I was like, oh, what? You said what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But then I'm like, no, I'm still going to keep it and move forward with yeah. it because I felt something with it. And yeah. that's what is the, the, the thing is. When I recorded it, did I feel something? Did I make mm-hmm. the strongest choice in that recording? And if that is the strongest choice, then I know yeah. I was connected and you know emotionally, and yeah, that's what that's I need. The point, yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's. I mean, that I is always, the whole point. I always talk with my students, and I and I think this principle like applies in a larger scale. But like you know, technique is just a vehicle that allows you to like have the style that you want. Absolutely, and the, the style is where the artistry lives. Technique is athletic. So like, you know, you, you develop those tools so that you can like paint how you want. Absolutely. And, and that thing is so personal. Like there's just, you know, people can have opinions about it, like, and they're going to, but like, yeah, absolutely. I I think that stuff. So, okay. So I want to get, I want to talk with you about like authenticity. Cause I think this is something that we like are obsessed with in our culture. And I feel very like, I don't know. I get mixed mixed feelings about it even. Like, I I mean, I I definitely am passionate about it. But, you know, one thing I think is like, if authenticity is supposed to like represent like, you know, like the truth about who you are, I think that can get tricky because we're always trying to move into a new truth. We're always trying to like step into a new role. You're evolving. Yeah. And so when you have these, these people that are having this question, like, what if I do succeed? I think part of that fear is like in that weird authenticity, like the person that I am in this moment is not a person who has had this big success yet. And so like, how can I step into that success or whatever it is, you know, step into like X, new exploration, new identity. Like I'm worried I'm a fraud or like I'm worried I'm a a phony or it's not authentic because I haven't experienced it yet. Um, And so I I sometimes think like authentic, like this obsession with authenticity can make us be afraid to like step into new realities. Um, Is that something that like you're thinking about with your clients uh, and with yourself? Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, change is good. Change is scary. And, um, you know, I think, you know, I look at it as I'm evolving as a human, so it's only going to make my creative better because I'm going to have more to pull from. I'm going to have more life experience. I'm going to have more situational experiences that I can tap into. Um, I'm going to have more wisdom. And so I think that that's going to help me as a creative and as a person. Yeah. And, you know, the fear of unknown, I think, is such a cool Mm thing. A cool idea because it's like who knows where you're gonna be, who knows where that 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 journey is gonna take you. Yeah. And that to me is what life is. And I so, think so I too. think that any any exploration that we have of that is only going to make everything better. Yeah. Um, you know, from an artist standpoint, I mean it is a discussion that we've had with people, you know, who their next album is very different 
from yeah. what's currently out there. And I think it's sometimes there's artists who are like, I don't care. This is who I am. This is what I want. This is what I felt. And that they'll just do it. And other times there is that sense of fear that yeah. goes into there. And, you know, that's a decision that they have to make on what it is. But I always say, you've got to speak your truth. Yeah. You know, this is where it is. And if you want that connection, you may lose a couple, you know, fan base type stuff, but look at how many other people you might gain. Yeah. You know, and those are the, those are fans that you want. Like that's, yeah. that's who you want. You want people who evolve with you because if you laid stagnant, you know, like what, what, right. what's with that? Like, it's like nobody wants it. to swim in stagnant water that gets the flies and the moss totally. and everything. Like you want that, you want that, that wave, you want that push yeah. so that you are constantly changing, you know? And, yeah. Uh, and, and I think just reminding people that like, uh, yeah, authenticity doesn't mean it can't be stagnant. Like, and, and that necessarily means that like what's authentic is going to change. Like it's going to change with you. Um, I mean, yeah. it's almost like a painter. They wouldn't paint the same picture day after day after day after day yeah. after day after day after day. Yeah. Like, and over look, time, the entire style might evolve. To, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. And I mean, should, just in art, maybe. yeah. Even in the art, look at how much art has changed, you know, yeah. just visual art and, and, and all of that. But yeah, I don't, I think, I don't know how to say this the right way. I think if you stay stagnant, then as a creative, you would, your soul would die. Yeah. Like, I think you have to keep moving. I think it's just, you have to keep that evolving and that process moving. Yeah. I, I definitely personally feel that. Like, I know that like, I, I don't, I don't have a name for it, but that kind of like creative, like spark, sparky thing. Uh, I know that I feel it when I'm like right on the edge of my comfort zone. That's mm -hmm. like where it happens for me. And so like, that's, I mean, I, I think you know, in the past, especially, and who knows what the future holds. Like I have had a lot of like fear and, you know, I like, I, th I think, I think if you're raised in an environment that's unstable, that's kind of like, you can't help, but kind of have it in your, it's in your stuff. It's, mm -hmm. it's in there. Um, but I think like for me that, um, allure of that kind of like creative edge is it's overpowering for that other stuff for me so like you know fear be damned like on the edge is where I'll be <laughs> absolutely because that's the feeling that I like um well and I just think like for me when I get bored yeah and I'm just sitting here I'm like okay what's missing and it's that creativity yeah it's that spark and when I get that spark back I feel like my whole world kind of shifts back in again and mm -hmm. I have purpose Yeah, and I can like move forward. So like when I'm just like, bleh, you know, yeah. I'm like, we're like, what's happening? Then I'm like, okay, where do I need to go? And whether that's a, a creative project of something or, I mean, like I even, I took cake decorating classes just because I'm like, I can't deal with yeah. the singing aspect right now. Like yeah. that for me is like going, but I need to have a creative outlet to, and I was like, oh my pep is back in my step, you yeah, know, like totally. here it is. And so, but, and that's something I learned a new tool, new tool. I did it for four months. I've never did, baked or decorated a cake yeah, set, but it just gave you that little but I thing. gave me that little pep of yeah. a creative aspect because yeah. it pulled me out of whatever was going down there. But totally. I think that's so important. I do too. Um, okay. So I, I kind of try to go to in three sections, like at the, and we, so we sort of have done the edges Maybe, oh. but, um, I, I like to talk with people about like their creative origins and how they kind of just like started developing a skill set that's like monetizable. Cause I think, I mean, that's a huge one taking something that's like, like a, a gift or kind of like a, mm -hmm. an inclination and 
turning it into like a real skill. Um, and then I like to talk with people about like their career and like kind of how they've built their business, like what's kind of going on in their hustle. And I think we haven't talked that much about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like kind of this identity, like creativity, like, you know, uh, ethereal type of stuff. Um, so let's go back and like connect the middle. Um, and I'd love for you to just like talk about like anything, any milestones in your career, like anything that you're like, this was a big moment for me or what you're proud of, what's been hard, you know, what's interesting. So (laughs) I think like, just talk about it. And if I have like questions, I'll ask them. Uh, well, there's lots of different, you know, stepping stones. I mean, from the standard, you know, the teacher training stuff, my goal that I always had was I wanted to work with artists at a high caliber. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like one of my funny stories is, you know, when I first started doing teacher training, we had to, you know, in a journal, like, what are our 10 goals? What do we want to do? And, um, you know, so I want to be a good teacher. I want to make sure I'm there for my students, you know, your standard answers. And number, I think it was number eight was one day I'll work with Justin Timberlake, Mm. you know, and I love him. Yeah, you know, I, I followed him since Mickey Same. Mouse Club. Like, yeah, I mean, I've been I've, to every insane. I tell concert. my husband sometimes, like, I loved him a lot long before I loved you. So oh, yeah, we could totally have stories. <laughs> like, I I had a crush on Justin Timberlake when I was twelve, and you were not even like, <laughs> you know, you're I like me you for another person. decade. So <laughs> yeah, so the surreal moment was when I got called to go out with him on tour as his coach. Yeah. And, um, you know, That's awesome. I'd known his, his main voice coach is my business partner, you know? So, you know, secretly I'd been hearing stuff, doing stuff, working with him on the side, but never once with him, you know, in this last year, when I got that call to finally go out, um, he got injured, which is public knowledge. So I can tell you that. Yeah. And because of my background in rehabilitation is why I got brought in. And yeah. then I stayed with him for, the remaining four months of tour. So being able, it was just this very surreal moment for me of, I made a goal, I manifested it into the universe. And then actually being there, working with him, traveling with him, it was just like this, I can't believe I'm here. Like I actually achieved a goal. Yeah. Um, so that was really an amazing moment for me, you know, and then it's like, okay, now where, now what are my goals? Now what I, now what do I want to do? And, just kind of seeing how that whole world works, you yeah. know, because touring life is such a different yeah. game that you can never really train for until you're out there. But seeing what components need to go into fac- facilitate artists at that demand is now pushing me into directions for more education and more yeah. development. Do you want to like give us like a teaser? Uh, yeah. So I got certified in laryngeal manipulation so I can actually physically touch and like drop throats. Next week I start school to go into full body structure integration and that, so I like musicians. Like like what's, what's that called? What's the name of that? So, well, it's just going, I'm going to a specific massage therapy thing and then specializing in a couple different like like practices and techniques. Are you doing like rolfing? Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Myofascial will be a lot of it. Um, it's not chiropractic. I won't be breaking bones or anything like that, but like, so like guitar. Yeah. So like playing guitar, your body's out of alignment, stuff like that. Like I can now like work and make sure everything's in position. Um, I'm really interested in hypnotherapy. So like hypnotizing 
taps, you know, to like maybe go through some of the things like that. Some tr- like to like help people with like traumas and Absolutely. like blocks. Yep. Oh my gosh, Mindy, that's to so exciting. Through. So yeah. So yeah. there's like, that's kind of an aspect of where I'm kind of going to head yeah. down. Um, you know, another thing was, is I'm a really big advocate in the LGBTQ community. Yeah. I mean, obviously we have a lot of, um, LGBTQ friends in the arts, you know, yeah. world. And, um, you know, I became heavily involved. My parents got divorced after 33 years of marriage because my dad's gay. Mm. And when that happened, being in a, you know, in a religious community and going through that was pretty interesting to see how things, you know, were reacted in there. But uh, because of that, I started seeing a need um, with working with transgender clients, you know, because they didn't have a resource for people to, um, help them going through that. And there's not a lot of, you mean like specifically for voice for voice stuff. Yeah. yeah, So it's like mannerisms, patterns, you know, because if that paralinguistic stuff, yeah, yeah. From male to female, female to male, it's not even just like how like pitch ranges, but like it, if you're transitioning from, you know, female to male and you're going through testosterone and everything, the voice changes, you're like, yeah going through a bunch of different things. So it's really like getting, how do they um, navigate that? How is that helpful? How do they get more male-like tones and qualities in that without compensating? And then in the reverse from female or from male to female, like how are the female mannerisms, you know, what are not even the the mannerisms, but you know, like the inflections and and everything that, because it's very different. And so that paralinguistic stuff is so interesting to me. Yeah. And so like (laughs) being able to really be an advocate for that here, especially in Utah. So I work a lot with transgender clients, um, not only here in Utah, but now like all over online where we talk a bunch of different things and, um, like working with that. And I think that that's a kind of a game changer in my career because it takes us off of just singing technique now it's a shaping somebody's life and yeah. for them having somebody that they are comfortable with and yeah. like helping them in that process. That's like really helped me, you know, with empathy and, mm-hmm. um, understanding, you know, just in the community trait. And so that's been a big, um, that's awesome. A big milestone, uh, not a milestone, but I think a, a stepping a stone for me point maybe even. Yeah. yeah so it's, um, that's really interesting. Yeah. So that's, that's been kind of, a fun little process. I think that stuff is just like, I, I'm, I also get like soapboxy and like really excited mm-hmm. about these, like, you know, thinking about like, like I said, so in my master's degree, I, stu- I studied paralinguistics, like not really for singing. I mean, I kind of like did some application to like mm-hmm. specifically like jazz kind of storytelling singing. Um, Does which not is, surprise me with you. Yeah. Which is, which is different <laughs> from like, you know, real technique heavy yeah. genres like jazz is, is not. Um, but it is, it's heavy on the storytelling and Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, as speech-like as you can make it. And I don't know, studying that stuff, like it just, it just like cracks open like your whole perspective on like, you know, how your literal voice and the intersection with your figurative voice and like how well you as an individual understand those relationships. It is like a superpower, like moving throughout the world, like understanding how like, you know, social pressures can like change how you might manipulate your physical voice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being a person who has enough awareness to like maintain a certain type of 
you know, like physical voice characteristics when you're with someone who's trying to intimidate you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's just like, I know, you know, I'm, I'm saying it for like the listeners because like it. we can both nerd out about it. But like that stuff is so powerful. Absolutely. Like maintaining your vocal presence and like you're, you're, you're cool, like in the face of, you know, different like power structures, like it can really freak people out. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's pretty cool. So I love that you're working with trans people about that. I mean, that's, I hadn't even thought about that, but that's just like, that's, it's a game changer. There's a need of it. Yeah. Like there really is a need of that, especially, especially, I mean, anywhere in the world, but especially here in Utah yeah. where it's such a cultural that's dominated by yeah. religion. Yeah. Um, that just having an advocate on that, you know, and a lot of times, I mean, nothing like for them is covered by insurance. They have all this intense, you know, like medical expenses, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so I do a program that's like, that helps them, you know, like I'm very blessed in the sense that, um, you know, I have a husband that has an amazing career in that. And so I'm able to offer services, you know, for certain, certain things where it's like, I don't want anybody to not feel like there's not help for them. Yeah. And so, you know, that's just been a way of a give back for a career and path for me that has blessed me so much. I feel like it's my obligation yeah. as some part of a, a give back to help others move forward, you know, or where I have that ability. So yeah, that, that gives me that like, Oh, I love it so much. I'm so glad you're doing that. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I've learned a lot. I've had, yeah. I mean, I've cried with people. We've been there. I mean, I've gone toe to toe and like fought beside them mm-hmm. on certain things. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's like a fun, you know, a lot of people don't know that I do that, you mm-hmm. know, cause it's not, you know, how do you advertise that, you know, but yeah, I don't you know, know. Like, yeah, you know, it's just like, yeah, I do this, here we go. You know, and, and I work a lot with Equality Utah. So I think that's just kind of where yeah. things kind of like come out. Is, is there anything you want to say? Just like, I don't know. I know it's like, I know it's very, very deep, but like any like little kind of nugget that you want to say about like this kind of like voice psychology, voice mechanics stuff? Like, or I don't know, like, it's just, is is there anything you want to say is like, just like kind of a tip of the iceberg for people to kind of like a little tease, be more curious voice psychology. So just like you're talking like the emotion of it. Sure. Like any of these kind of like, how do we align like our intent with like our, you know, physical manifestation of our voice or whatever it is, whatever you're passionate about. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to think of, I mean, that's kind of like that could go down this whole know, rabbit hole so on big. things, that's, you know, just based on I what it is. I don't know what I would say either. <laughs> you know, uh, I'd probably, or like, you know, like, I think the, I really think the voice is the window to your soul. Yeah. You know, and there's so many things that I'm a big believer in energy work. I'm a big believer that our body can restore, can hold on to experiences and traumas and and all of that. Yeah. And of course. I know that, you know, just from working and seeing and, and, and all of that, that when something's not functioning right, it's usually something that somebody needs to talk about, you know, mm-hmm. especially in, you know, if I, we're going to go into the creative aspect, you know, as a singer, our voice needs to be heard. And if it's ever been stifled or not been allowed out, then our body will compensate for that. And then you have to kind of like figure out how do we go back through there? Yeah. You know, there's been times in this laryngeal manipulation where, you know, I'll hold 
stretch somebody's tongue, which sounds so you know awesome, and yeah. it really is awesome. <laughs> but I'll be holding their tongue, and while I'm stretching it, they burst into tears, and they just tell me of an experience where they felt like they weren't heard. Yeah. And as soon as they purge that out, everything inside just relaxes and opens. Yeah. And um, you know, so I I really think that you know, with the awareness that we're getting with mental health now, and it's not this big faux pas to talk about, and it's not as scary, you know, where somebody thinks you're wrong or you're not heard. I think it's really important to find somebody that can hear you and listen so that that can purge, because I think not only vocal health, but overall health improves in that. And so, you know, if we want to go down that rabbit hole, you know, in there, I think that that's a huge component and, you know, in our world, Mary's like, it's just a singing lesson. It's so much more. Yeah. It is so much more. Mm-hmm. And um, totally it's, that's why it's really important for parents, you know, from for parents who are looking for a coach to do that, to really make sure that it's the right fit for your mm-hmm. kid, because there's a lot of stuff that comes out in lessons that if parents knew, I think. Amen. At, that yeah. they would be like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah. I think, and I think like, you know, it's interesting, like you, you work with really like uh, advanced professional clients and I love working with beginners. I love working with people who are like at their very most, like most scared, most fragile. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, it's because like when I was a child, like my music teachers were like the adults in my life who cared about me. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can't get enough of just like, like if there's a sweet spot for me, it's like, you know, a, a kid who like is bullied at school. Yeah. Like, and how do, how does your like voice, how does your voice and your voice lessons like help you deal with that stuff? Um, and it, to me, it also feels like so much bigger and so much more important than like, you know, whether or not you're singing like tomorrow from Annie, you know, like, Absolutely. it's just not about that for me. It is not. No. And I, I mean, I, yeah, I work with a lot of the professional, you know, uh, you know, I've been very lucky, but I also work again yeah, with beginners, beginners and that as long as they have a passion yeah, to like move forward, we'll do it. And I think that that's such a fun, you know, I, I love starting from scratch to seeing what the greatness can be mm-hmm. and uh, see kind of what that process is. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just think, you know, we're in such a delicate position to help shape and mold our words matter. Yeah. Our empathy matters. Yeah. Them feeling like they're heard matters. Yeah. You know, at the same time of making sure that you're still pushing them to achieve what greatness they can be, because sometimes you see it more than they see it in themselves. Always. Um, always yeah. Right? I mean, like, if you're a good teacher, I would say hopefully always. <laughs> always. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They, uh, you know, there's another story. So I'm telling you a lot of stories because yeah. I just think it's so I, fun. I love it. There's um, another client who came into me who was um, a victim of sex trafficking. Wow. And for like five years, this person was never able to make noise at all. Yeah. They couldn't really cough. They couldn't talk. They, they were literally locked in this room. Yeah. Nothing. And obviously they got out and the therapist was like working on just like even getting this her to talk just yeah. to be like, my name is like just everything. Yeah. And she goes, I think you should take a singing lesson. Yeah. And so they called me terrified. It's like, great, come on in, let's do this. And yeah. in my head, I'm like, I call my, my therapist, you know, who works yeah. on our teams and yeah. I'm like, 
okay, what do I do? And they're just like, this is a new experience. Just yeah. go ham and just see what happens. So I'm a loud, bubbly personality. Yeah. I'm very like in your face, like, what's up? You know, like whatever. Yeah. So she comes in. I knew the story because I'd already like talked. And we kind of like start doing a little assessment. And it's, oh, yeah. very, very yeah. light. And I finally was like, no, we're going to go this. So I go way extreme and start yeah. going to this like aggressive kind of vocal. Like, yeah. yeah. But I had her do the word no. Cause yeah. I'm like, I want you to yell no at me. Like you're mad at me. So we're like, no, 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 no. Like going yeah. through it. And like, she like looked at me. Uh, I mean, I'll never forget it. Looked at me, big eyes, sat there for a second. All of a sudden she burst into tears. She goes, it's the first time I've ever been to say no with some sort of power. Yeah. And I was like, and there's your voice. And like, yeah. it was just this really beautiful, aha, yeah. really overwhelming. I mean, like mm. both of us cried. I mean, I'm a wimp when stuff yeah. like that happens. Like I don't, I'm not a crier, but that day I cried, yeah. you know, with her. Cause I can't even imagine yeah. what her journey has been. Yeah. But the fact that in that 30 minutes she felt empowered. Yeah. And I was like, there we go. That again, that's why I'm here. This is what mm-hmm. I want to do. And um, yeah. And now we have I a great relationship that. and, you know, we still kind of think about it a lot and, um, you know, we kind of move forward with everything, but it was a really, it was a cool moment. And That's amazing. There we go back into the mental health of it, that the yeah. voice is our tool. The voice is our window to who we are and we have to make sure that we are free and clear Yeah. in order like, to yeah, that achieve per- our greatness. That permission stuff, like for you as a teacher to be like, I give you permission. I mean, I say that sentence to my students a lot. Like mm-hmm. I give you permission to just like do this thing. Like we'll, we'll be, I, I'm here, like, no matter what happens, like, we're here, we'll figure it out. But, like, I gave you permission to, like, try it. I gave you permission to yeah. go for it. Um, and I always tell my students about my failures or things that yeah. have happened with me to be like, it's okay. Yeah. Like, I survived. I knocked myself out on stage, flat out, Hyde Park, London, cr- knocked out on concrete. <laughs> oh my gosh. And they dragged me off the stage, <laughs> literally dragged me across the stage and I'm like, and I lived. Yeah. I forgot lyrics on national TV. Like, like, like things happen and it's okay. Like you're in a safe space in here. Your voice is going to crack. Ooh. Yeah. Let's cry. Yeah. Let's cry. All right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We're going to die because your voice cracked. Like, you know, like what, what's the worst? Like, let's, let's get through this. Like we have to like push it and kind of see where that's at. Yeah. and And also like another thing I say to my students a lot is like, you're a mammal. Like, Sometimes these things will happen. (laughs) You're a mammal. Your voice cracks when like these things happen. It's just, it's, it's just what it is. (laughs) We had, we had a a student one time who had like such extreme stage fright, like would not do it. And like beautiful voice. So I worked out with her mom to be like, when are you going to be at the grocery store with her? And I was like, can you go to this specific grocery store? She's like, yeah. So we arranged this time to go to this grocery store. The student didn't know. And so I knew the manager of the grocery store. So I got on the PA at the grocery store and I was like, attention, everybody at Harmon's. This is Mindy and I'm a voice coach and I have a student who needs to audition and is terrified. If you want to hear her do her audition song, meet us in the produce aisle by the oranges. And she was horrified. (laughs) And sure enough, all these little shopping carts come over to the oranges and the produce. And I walk over with a little portable speaker and I'm like, let's do this. And I would randomly show up at places with her and just force her to just get over these nerves of like doing it. She would like see me coming. She's like, I freaking hate you so bad. And I'm like, sing for me, my angel of music. (laughs) 
That's so great. And but, it's so creative too. Yeah. And, Cause I had to think outside of the box and finally she got so used to it and her adrenaline training that she ended up killing it. She got yeah. the lead and like it worked and it was just the thing. So I'm just like, no, we have to, we have to keep moving forward. That's so amazing. So. I love that so much. Adrenaline training. I talk about that with my students too. That's awesome. Um, I think I'd maybe just have like, you know, one more kind of main question for sure. you, which is, um, can you tell me like the, the story or, you know, whatever of how you kind of made the decision to, to spend, you know, like more of your energy teaching versus like, you know, being Performing. like, yeah. Like what was that kind of decision like for you? Uh, or, or what? Yeah, happened? no, yeah, no, no, that's good. Um, I actually, it, it was actually kind of a forced decision. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I said, I was performing a lot, doing all these different type tours and I actually auditioned for a national touring Broadway show. Cool. And I made it as one of the main parts Cool. and was getting ready to go out and I was getting a physical and they're like, did you know you were pregnant? <gasps> and I was like, I'm sorry, what? And they're like, did you know you were pregnant? I'm like, there's no way because we were like, super very careful oh yeah Yeah. like there was no way that was happening (laughs) and they're like yeah you're pregnant and I I mean I um I sobbed yeah I literally sobbed because it wasn't something that I was prepared for mentally or we were doing and I had worked so hard to get up into these areas and to like finally make a national tour you know to like go out and do something and I remember I took a few days to tell my husband because I, fe- I, I had to grieve. Yeah. And I know, like, it sounds so shitty to, like, say that. Yeah. But no, I literally I was it. like, I had to, like, process it, like, um, really. And then I felt guilty already because I was like, why am I sad about this? Like, I'm creating a human. And, yeah. you know, like, it was just this weird cycle for a few days. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. It, it like, it changed... Um, I mean, it changed our family. I mean, obviously it changed a big direction. And I was like, I don't want to, I can't tour with a young baby. Like there's no way, like if I was a solo artist, then it's a different game, Yeah. but I can't tour on a national tour with a baby. Like there's no way that's going to happen. And, um, and that's what forced me into this path of teaching and really understanding and, and getting it because I realized now at the time, a lot of people don't understand as a voice coach, what it's actually like to be a performer. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's a difference of that, of a technician versus a performer. Mm-hmm. And you have to have that flexibility. And whereas I was the performer and now the technician, yeah, which is why I'm struggling with my new song because yeah. you know, like there's that kind of tug and pull on certain things, Totally. but it, it kind of, okay, I'm pregnant. I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to make this my focus. Okay. How can I still do that? And I always knew I'd never be a stay-at-home mom. I always knew that I needed to have this identity for myself. Yeah. And my husband was always 100% supportive of that. That's awesome. And so, yeah, getting pregnant, it was that it really kind of forced that hand into yeah. doing that and put where those priorities lie. And I wouldn't change a thing. He's like the best thing that ever happened to us. Aww. And he's yeah. he's my one that's the singer. Yeah. And he's totally a mama's boy. And, you know, like he told me the other day, you know, because... I haven't toured with artists like in a long time. Like I, this last year has been really tour heavy for me with working with different clients and going out. But um, I'm trying to find that balance of yeah. like, I feel guilty leaving my family yeah. and being here, but then I also feel guilty because when I'm out, I absolutely yeah. love what I do and I'm having an amazing time and I love who I work with. So it's just this, 
cycle of guilt that kind of goes through things. But my son, I came home one day or I can't remember. I came home if we were on FaceTime talking and he goes, I want to do what you do. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, I want to do what you do. And I'm like a voice coach. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, why? And he goes, you just love it. Yeah. He goes, you just absolutely love it. Yeah. And he goes, I want to love something as much as you do. And um, he goes, I want to do it. And, and he goes, and I sat there and I thought about it for a minute. I'm like, okay, that's huge. He's seeing me do something that I love. And, being a woman, being a mom, like that dynamic of having a, an incredibly supportive husband who has a killer high stress job too, but him always just saying like, you've supported me. Why would I, why would I not support you? Yeah. Like here it is. Like, it's just been, you know, it's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad I asked about that because I mean, like I said, I'm so, I'm, I'm so curious about these like identity things mm-hmm. and like, I don't know. I just feel like as, as artists, like I said, people get so, I think people get so like, Ooh, about our careers and either they totally don't understand in like a negative way. And they're like, <laughs> that's not a real whatever. Or they like, don't understand in like a super, like your magic kind of a way. And neither of those things is true. No. And that's why like, I like to ask artists about like, you know, it's hard. It's hard what's work. What's that background stuff? I always tell my sister, it really makes her mad. She's like, you know, she was always one of those like super competitive with me. I mean, she married my husband's younger brother. Oh my crap gosh. sake, like whatever. But I'll be like, you got a master's and I still make way more than you. <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> like, how's that feel? You're still paying off student loans. Uh-huh. <laughs> you just like have taken your path. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I wouldn't change it. Like it, college was not, I mean, it was, I mean, I went, I didn't ever finish. But I mean, I'm constantly learning and educating in other ways. And you're pushing that boundary. Yeah. And I'm still, I'm still evolving. And so for me, I just, I never, I never thought about not doing something like this. And I just paved and carved my way through. Like I just, I would not take no for an answer. And I just kind of would snake around until I got everything. Snake's probably not the right word because that sounds kind of shady. But but I would like move and turn and like go everything, you know, which way just to make it happen. And if you would have asked me if I was going back to school to do body integration, you know, 20 years ago, yeah. I'd have been like, what are you talking about? You never about? know like where that, no. I mean, yes. Yeah, so, okay. And maybe this is like, you know, I, I also wanted to ask about that because I think a lot of people like to put um, boundaries on like what art is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I think I experience this a lot. Like I, I perform a lot and I teach a lot and mm-hmm. both are very important to me. And I'll, I'll frequently, when I'm talking to, you know, unfortunately some other teachers, some performers, like, you know, it's very clear to me that some people feel like teaching isn't art. And I think, well, yeah, some kind of teachers certainly Definitely aren't not. artists. And also like, I think there are some people who are artists who are like not artistic at all. You know, like some people who like, who's, who are only performers or like only, you know, whatever, who really aren't, uh, you know, doing that kind of creative work. And so I'm interested in people who like are doing that creative work, you know, in and around the arts. Like that, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm excited about. And like, I think you're such, it's so clear to me that you're such a, a perfect example of that. Um, you know, because you're always curious, you're always like looking on the edges. Like I, I see it happening. Like I'm such a big fan of yours. <laughs> like, you know, you're always like looking you're on the hilarious. edges of like, where else, like what, what other like avenues and what other skill sets are going to like come back and like enrich what I'm doing. And like, you know, and it, it's so clear that like you're approaching what you do in like such a creative way, such an artful way mm-hmm. with so much like, you know, it's like, it's like that, that 
that business creativity, like I'm going to go and study like, you know, body integration and I'm going to do like laryngeal manipulation. Like those things are so like, like logistical maybe, yeah. you know, um, and, and like strategic. Um, but then like the way that you're thinking about like psychology with your clients and you're, you know, you know, being creative, like I love your heart, your grocery store example. Like, I mean, it's just like, it's really inspiring. Thank you. Um, it's been, it's awesome. yeah, I've learned a lot, you know, I'm excited to see what the future holds and where it is. And, you know, I feel like I have to evolve as a coach because my world around me is evolving. Yeah. And if I don't evolve, I'm going to get left, Yeah, you know, and I want to be at the forefront yeah. versus scrambling to try and catch up right on that edge. And like, how can you expect that of the people around you if you're not doing it? Exactly. And, and to be honest, like in my studio, like I said, I have the novice singer to the rehab, to transgender, to the professional, you know, and I, I have to feel like there's that connection and their want and desire to move forward has to match mine or else I am not a good fit. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, and that's when I straight up say it, like, I don't feel like I'm your, I'm not your your person. If I'm watching my watch and clock when you're coming in, we're not a good fit. Yeah. Like we need to constantly have that push and that drive, you know, together and I'll push as hard as I can to get you to where it needs to go, but you have to match me. Yeah. And you know, like I said earlier, I've fired Grammy winners because yeah. I'm like, I cannot want you more than, I cannot want this more than you. Yeah. It's so frustrating for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, they went to someone else Yeah, and that's fine. And I hope that's a better fit. You know, that's so much like integrity. It's just like, I just, I just think you're cool. Well, thank you. Um, if I'm leaving my kids, you know, like if I'm leaving my kids to come work with you. Yeah. You we have to be have like, like a happy, you know, marriage here. Well, like, and it's, I mean, like, it's clear that like you, you have the right instinct about that because your kids know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, because when you, when you're working in the kind of an environment that's giving you that like big energy, mm-hmm. like then it comes back to your family in this like really holistic, like awesome way, which I think is like, you know, proof is in the pudding there. Yeah. I mean, I want my kids to see it, but I want my daughter to see it. Yeah. I want my daughter to see that a woman can do anything. Yeah. No matter what, whether it's creative, whether it's she's a lawyer, I don't even care what yeah. it is, but that she's not just a little homemaker that's there for a yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Like no, I just I, mean, I need her to see it. I need her to see that there's so much possibility out there and yeah. there's and I I think I feel that way because of our culture here. Yeah. You know, and I'm not a part of the church at all. Yeah. Um but I was raised LDS. And so like I see that and yeah. I just I I want them to see that there's just so much more out there to give and by yeah. leading by example and just the cultures and the people and everybody that I get an opportunity to meet and life experiences and whether it's through music or not, like I just want that to be hardcore. Amen. Yeah. So with you there. Yeah. Um, okay. I always ask people at the end, what's, what's your dream collaboration or your dream project like today? <laughs> you got to have a new one. Cause you already I know. worked with I, Justin yeah, I Timberlake. Know. I already worked with it. Everybody <laughs> asked me that. They're like, what's, what's, what's next for Mindy? And I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I have What's certain people I want to work with that you, I have like my, can I, you say? yeah, I mean, it's not happening yet, yeah. but I'll put it in the universe because yeah. it's certainly aligned for me in many ways, but I desperately want to work with Pink. Cool. She's um, so awesome. I desperately want to work with John Mayer. Yeah. I think he would be so super fun to work with. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of getting some, like some feelers out, people. like sitting in there to see if I can 
get that to happen. Um, I have a new product that I'm developing for singers right now that will hopefully be out by the end of the year. Awesome. Um, you know, to help with that. So I'm trying to look into like avenues of overall vocal health and like training. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, the world's my stage. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't really know what's out there yet. I think that once I finish this, this schooling, I think my, it's going to take a dramatic change. I'm um, so excited. I really want to, um, well, I can tell you, you know, like something that I've been throwing around is I really want to open up like a performing arts medicine kind of facility where we have the the medical side, we have the the health side, we actually have a training facility for like touring, for prep, full body oh stuff gosh, to get everything. That would be so amazing. Adrenaline training. Like there's yeah. a lot of tools that we do to work for adrenaline and like prepping for that. Um, you know, that just kind of has this whole facility of opportunity for people who are serious about it. Like yeah. I, you know, I want to work with people I don't care if you're 10 years old, if that's your goal that you want to have, I want to help you get there yeah. and really kind of do that. And I feel like being in Utah, people kind of feel like, how do we do this? Because there's not a lot of industry here, yeah. but I want to be the the place where it is for industry. Like I will bring the people in, I will get you that where, yeah. which has already started, but I want to actually have. Like well, and there's no better it. training place in Utah because the air is bad here and it's high altitude. <laughs> like I had a, I had a gig. I almost always just play here or other like, like Montana, Idaho. Yeah. But I, I had a gig in Dallas like two years ago and I was like, I'm super like I, my breath will last a million and years. Humidity. <laughs> like humidity. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I just, yeah, it makes me, it makes me be grateful for like that I'm training here. Yeah. So. Everybody that plays, it's interesting because everybody that plays at USANA yeah. has a different experience than if they play up at Deer Valley huh. and, and yeah. everything else. And so, yeah, so there's actually some components that I'm researching with a medical team right now that's wow. actually altitude training. Really? To like helps to help artists who jump it's from. It's freaking real, man. Like yeah. I, I played at the the top, the venue at the top of Snowbird oh, last you dying? year. Were you huffing? I was like blacking out. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I was seriously like, I was like, like in the middle oxygen? of singing, like I, I was singing like Taylor Swift's Shake It Off and there's nowhere to breathe. And I was serious. I was like, literally like my vision was like, like I started to black out. Yeah. And I was like looking over at the horn players, like, how you guys doing? All the rhythm guys are fine. Yeah. Well, I've like, I've told people like when they're coming here, I'm like, you've got to do altitude training before. And so there's like certain things that we'll do training wise to like get the, get them up. And I've told like medical teams here, like ENTs, I'm like, can you, will you go out and give them oxygen? Like, yeah. because it's just such a different component. And when you're adding cardio and dance and the physicality totally. like it is a definite like people do not understand unless they're the performers how much of a training regime it's has huge. to go into it and artists they end up learning the hard way if they aren't already doing a training regime before tour yeah absolutely so that's so it's yeah, it's you so, get it. It's so exciting. Yeah. And I'll well, just, and I'll that just was... be sitting there. I'll be drinking my, you know, my Diet Dr. Pepper and I'll be like, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you going to run on this too with me? Nope. <laughs> I'm just here to oh count. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. It's that stuff is real though. Like yeah. I think I really do. I think people don't understand how athletic it is. Even if you're not dancing, you That's know, like called, uh, I call it. So, okay. So this is fascinating. You'll love this as a okay. voice nerd. I'm ready. Okay. So, because you know, when you're on, there's a lot of downtime too on tour. People are like, oh, it's glamorous. It's kind of lonely. 
Okay, so yeah, I have to figure out what to do with myself, you know? So I took one of the clients that uh, I was with, I took their entire show. Um, I got the hard reels from the engineer. So no music, no nothing. Got everything that they were singing live. I purchased every sheet of sheet music and made sure we were all in the same keys. Mm. So as I'm assuming you would know, when orchestra tunes to A440, yeah. the vocal cords come together and they hit 440 times a second. Yeah. Okay. So depending on wherever the hertz is, that's how many collisions the vocal folds have, yeah. which always blows people's minds. Yeah. Okay. So I took this singer's set and I hard math every single pitch oh my gosh. that they sang in an hour and a half setting. Yeah. Okay. Now you can't equate for force. So like if they're like belting it, if they're screaming it, if they decided to riff a different pattern a little longer, hold something out. Yeah. So this was just like very generalized based on what that was written one set. Yeah. in the sheet okay. music, yeah. but the cuts that they did in the show. Yeah. Okay. In the hour and a half setting that we had, we were over 2.8 million collisions. Oh my gosh. That did not count for speaking. That didn't account for force. And that didn't account for sound check, cool down, pre-warm up, nothing. So yeah. just in that hour and a half, we were over 2.8 million collisions. Crazy. Now you think about doing that and what their day looks like. So press, talking, um, you know, if they had anything else during that day, the warm up, cool down, stuff like that, just normal conversations on phone, yeah. all of that. You're looking at an intense amount of yeah. vocal collisions, which is why... You know, they're always like, why is a coach out on tour? Well, I'm making sure those two little muscles freaking work. Yeah. Like I'm making sure that you guys have a job, Yeah, you know, like going through it. But when you think of that athleticism yeah. that goes into that, we're vocal athletes. Totally. And something goes out, you know, full body connected, you know, like you're, you're, you're messed. And so, yeah, that component of, I love that you said athletes because I, yeah. I that's like my soapbox is we are vocal athletes. Totally. And I, I talk about this with my students too. Like it's totally socially acceptable for like football players to be like, oh, well, I'm in training, so I'm not eating this. Or like, you know, to be like really kind of neurotic in their like personal life about like what their boundaries mm -hmm. are with their body. And like, for some reason, it's not like generally socially acceptable for singers to do that. And I tell my students like, you know, look at the pollen count. If it's above whatever and it's your allergy season, tell people like, I can't go outside, you know, or like, like you are an athlete. Like, you, you know, you, you can say like, yeah, I'm, I'm not eating this or, you know, like I got to hydrate and that means I I'm going to have to pee every 15 minutes and sorry, you know, or like whatever, yeah. um, you know, or, or saying like, I can't talk to you right now. Um, I'm not talking like, you know, for me, even just saying to my bandmates during a break, like, I can't talk to you during this break. Sorry. You know, yep. I have to, I have to break during this break. You're resting your fingers. I'm resting my cords. Um, but yeah, like, you know, reminding, reminding singers, like what you're doing is ridiculously athletic. You deserve to like apply that around your life and like take the, take this care that you need. You have to, I mean, yeah. you know, because it's different. An athlete tears their ACL. Oh, he's rehabbing it. He's icing it. He's ever, a singer gets injured and then it's the shame. It's what right. you do. You screamed, you did this. Da, 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 yeah. And I'm like, you're like, no, I just sang heavy. I'm on my period today and I just sound a little husky. Sorry. Yeah. You know, like there's just so many things that are out of our control. Right. Which is why I always say also to my students, like you're a mammal, like, you know, you, like, you know, maybe you're having bad technique, but maybe you had a panic attack this morning. 
you know, like you just, you have to forgive your body and you have to like, yep. just pay attention. And like the context matters. Absolutely. I mean, like you can do all the right prep, but like you're made of tissue. So, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Yep. Um, okay. And then I guess the last thing is where do we find you on the internet? <laughs> uh, well, my website, mindypack.com, Instagram, Mindy Pack. Yep. At Mindy Pack. You know? Awesome. So yeah, head up. We do like, I do a bunch of, um, like hot tip Tuesdays, stuff like that. Yeah. That, you know, like just provide random stuff and you get to see cute pictures of my kids. Oh, so it's all, I, I just, I'm like, it's too much to separate and I'm just including them all. That's how I feel as you know, well. That's why one of my hashtags is tour mom. So yeah. I'm like, it's just, you know, it's, I am it's my these life. things and this, this is, is who I am. Yeah. You either love it or you don't. And I'm okay with either. So Ooh, I, I know who I so am much. and it's all good. <laughs> you're such a hero. And I just oh, like, awesome. thanks so much for coming. It's awesome to it. have you. Good. Well, I, anytime I get to see you, it's been fun. So oh, I feel the same way. Me. Thanks, Mindy. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our music is by Jerem Hansen and artwork by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.